بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء ومرسلين النبيين محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فحياكم الله جميعا وبارك الله فيكم الحمد لله in the previous lesson we concluded the discussion around the wudu and the sifat al-wudu and the description of how the wudu is performed and thereafter we went on to discuss and begin the chapter in relation to the mas al khufain and wiping over the uh, the socks the leather socks and before we continue, just going back to the previous uh, chapter in relation to the discussion around the wudu, we were discussing the wudu and the sifat al wudu, the, the, the description of the wudu. We mentioned Barakallahu Fikum uh, a narration, and Alhamdulillah, the brothers and the brothers brought it to my attention uh, the narration. Uh, it's uh, it's daf to the weakness in the narration. And the narration was uh, where it mentioned يعني, yeah, This is my wudu and the wudu of the Mursaleen, يعني, the, the messengers that came before me, that preceded me. And this narration in, re in reality is a weak narration. Now this narration is used as a proof to say that uh, the washing of the body part should be done three times. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a proof that the, the washing of the body parts can be done twice or three times. It's twice and three times also mentioned within, within the same narration. However, this narration is mentioned, this is the narration which is, has a weakness within it. And what should be um, used as a proof for this particular hukum, because hukum is correct. What should be used as a proof for this particular hukum is the hadith in which it mentions that in the Prophet وَسَلَّمَ or it is washed three times. This narration, thus, is uh, a Sahih narration in that regard, and this is a narration which should be used as the delil rather than the previous mentioned narration, which is uh, found in some of the explanations of this particular text. Allah Taala alam. And so that's uh, just a uh, just a small point or nukta that we wanted to mention before we went on to. Uh, go on to what we want to discuss today, which is the conclusion of the chapter of the Mas al Yani wiping over the body parts, or wiping over the, the socks rather. And first and foremost, as we mentioned, the, the hukum, the ruling of wiping over the leather socks, is that it is permissible. It's permissibility. And 
not only is it permissible to wipe over the leather socks, but then there's no issue that I mentioned the permissibility of wiping over the socks which are regarded cotton added socks that most people wear on a daily basis. And we went on to discuss some of the shurut, some of the conditions of wiping over the socks. They don't remember some of those conditions. What are the conditions for wiping over the socks? Now, so you have to be in a state of purity what, when you put those socks on. Now, so if you intend to wipe over the socks at a given point in time, then you have to be in a state of purity. Now, what else? It has, so this is a, but is that a condition in order for it to be correct? It's one of the conditions for it to be correct first. So as you mentioned, you have to have, be the state of purity. That's a condition for it to be correct. Now, the amount of time you wear them, I say now, that you do not exceed the time period. Now, so that's a condition now. You don't exceed the time period. The time period is what? No. And uh, how is it explained in terms of the Nusus? How is it described in terms of the Nusus? The what I mean in terms of um, how is it ex uh, described in terms of the Nusus? You mentioned 24 hours now, uh, which we accept, of course, but. What, how is it described in terms of the source in the text so that we know it's a day I, for a wonderful day? <coughs> so that but it mentions I, the, that the time period is a day and a night. A day and a night. So we understand from that to be a wonderful day and a wonderful <coughs> night, i.e., uh, a day completely. Uh, so this is for every single individual, this time period? Not for, not for the Musafir. So this is for who then? The, time, for the, day of, of the time period of one day, one night is for who? The resident. The Musafir then? Three days, three, days, three nights. Now, so three days, three nights for the Musafir. Jade, so that's the second condition. Now, so the first is that the person has to wear the socks in a state of purity. The second condition is that they cannot exceed the time period. So, depending on whether they're a resident or a traveller, that time period will differ. Now, the third condition. The third condition. That you can't take your socks off through that period. Uh, there's some ulama say that you can't do that, but for Allah's best, the best, the strongest opinion is that you can. That you can take because the, the 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 tahara, your state of purity, is attached to you as the individual, and it's not attached to the socks. Does that make sense? It's only, so, uh, it's only for minor impurities. Jay, that's the third condition. So, so do you understand that that last point though? So. 
the tahara is you. So when you make wudu, for example, is it the body parts which you say are we saying is upon purity, or is it we saying it's you that's upon purity? Forget the socks. Let's just say you're just making wudu now. Now? The person is one purity. Now? So now, if we're saying that the person's made wudu, and the same scenario, he's wiped over the socks, right? Still the same thing, he's upon purity. So we're not, we're not going to say now, the removal of the socks removes his purity, because then we would have to say that if we know the socks removes his purity, that this is from the nawakad of wudu. Mm. Now, if he takes it up, because then that would that would oppose the condition, that first condition. Now, so if he takes the socks off and then breaks the wudu, now, and puts the socks back on, then he's opposed the first condition, which was what? He has to have purity when putting them on. So he's opposed that first condition. But what, what I was discussing just, just then is if the person, he has wudu, then he takes the socks off. Then he puts, he doesn't break his wudu, then he puts the socks back on. Now, is he in the state of purity still? He's in the state of purity still. Because he can pray without his socks. What about in terms of wiping over the socks? Again, can you just say like if you take, you're in the state of purity. No. So you say you're saying if the person was to make wudu, yeah, he makes wudu. No, then he takes the socks off. But maybe he ends up like making wudu again and starts. Now he starts. Now he starts. He starts to wipe all the socks. Okay. But now for some reason he takes his socks off. He takes his socks off. Okay. Puts his socks back on now. This puts the socks back on. Why is he in the wudu? Why is he in the wudu? Yes. So does that mean that basically you can still wipe from there? You can still carry on wiping from there. Because he's put them on. When he's, the main thing is that he's fulfilled that condition of putting the, the socks on whilst in the state of purity. So even if he's taken them off at some point, for whatever reason, but he's put them on whilst still in the state of purity, he's still able to, to carry on wiping from that point. Now, does that make sense? Clear? Jade? No. The wiping he does first. The he takes socks off, okay. The first wiping is from the first time or when he wipes again? The first wiping. From the first time he's, he's wiped the, the socks. So, first, I can't keep changing the socks and say, I'm going to start a new wiping, basically. No, I mean, yeah, the actual wiping. No. No. Took off his socks. Took off his socks. Maybe put some clean socks on. Yes. Now, the wiping started from that first time, not when he put his socks on. No, the wiping starts from the first time. No, well, uh, so those are the three. Those are the three conditions we mentioned last week. We, mi we missed one, which was what we mentioned it after, if you, if you remember. No, something to do with the wiping, it was condition for the wiping, or something to do more specifically, something to do with the sock. No, it has to cover, cover, sorry, the ankle. So it has to cover the ankle. So those are the four conditions. Now, if we go over them again. So the first of them is what? You have to be in the state of purity when putting them on. 
The first of them is that he has to be in a state of purity when putting them on. Now, we have to wait a little slip for Ibrahim. He got, I got in trouble today, subhanAllah. He told me, why did you, why did you, you said you were the council listener for two weeks and the listen was on today. The listen was on last week, we missed it. So, khalas. Let's wait for Ibrahim. Now, so the first condition is that you have to, when you put the socks on, you have to be in the state of purity. Naam. The second condition for wiping the socks, that you do not exceed the time period. What is that time period? Day and night for the one that is resident. Three days, three nights for the one that is a traveler. Third, It can only be done for the minor impurity. So the person cannot say that they're wiping over their socks to remove the janama. Uh, just on that, that, that point as well, what's the proof of that? We mentioned. The proof of that, that it's not for the minor, it's not for the major impurity. Safwan ibn Asal. Now, Safwan ibn Asal. So it's due to the narration of Safwan ibn Asal, in which the Messenger of Allah mentions. Was what did he mention? Lay salatu salam. No, we should not remove the socks for three days or three nights. Unless in Janabah, state of Janabah. Type. And then the fourth thing we mentioned after that then. It has to cover the ankle. Now, Jade, so this is the affair of the Namas al Khufain. And also we discussed when it begins. And it begins from the time of the first wiping, the first wiping of the sock. Uh, thereafter, Ibn Qudama, he mentions, Rahimahullah, and so here is mentioned that when the person does the wiping and then the end of that time period comes so it comes to the end of the time period so depending on who it is or it's the, the resident or the traveller the time period comes to an end and then the person or the person removes the socks. Now, then this nullifies the person's state of purity. This nullifies the state of the person's purity. So, we mentioned previously the time period. Now, I mentioned previously the time period. As for the time period elapsing and coming to an end, then this is clear. Then this is the end of the person's purity, and then they have to perform the wudu in full, as mentioned. Now, Thereafter, we mentioned and we, went, we discussed briefly this the mas'ala if the person takes off the socks. Now, if the person takes off the socks, and it's possible that what, the, uh, what has been alluded to here, to here is that the person, if they take off the socks, then this is something that nullifies the wudu. Now, when he takes off the socks, it's something that nullifies the wudu. 
Uh, but in, for most apparent, this isn't the case. Now, for most apparent, this isn't the case. Now, the removal of self doesn't nullify it or... No. No. What are you saying about um, the fact that the period has finished? Yeah. And in a state of purity, okay, does that mean that basically you're not in purity? And even if you're in a state of purity, after that period, you have to break the rules? Or do you, is it when you break your rules, then you have to... For most apparent, it's from when you break the rules or after that time. So it's not put, it's not put, it's not possible for the person to continue to carry on wiping over the socks after that time. That's what is understood from them. Um, and as we discussed as well, uh, now so right removing the socks. If we say removing the socks in a state of purity, this doesn't now mean that the person can uh, or has to make wudu again. Now, only the only need to make wudu again is if they have broken their wudu whilst the socks were off. Now, so once they, if they enter a state of impurity whilst the socks were off, then they would have to renew the wudu. No. So then some people discuss as well when we ask about the socks uh, if they have holes. The reality is, and I'll tell you best, is that even if they do have holes in them, then this isn't something which uh, nullifies this. It's something that they can still wipe over the socks. As long as it is regarded, still regarded as being a sock, and it's still something which is uh, generally understood to be, to be worn and can be worn, then it can be wiped over as long as it's a sock, which of course covers the ankle. Now, so the main thing is about it covering the ankle and not about, uh, you know, the state of the sock, that's all. <coughs> no, that's not, not the issue, we'll lie. Uh, now, and thereafter, the Qudai mentions, وَمَنْ مَسَحَ مُسَافِرًا ثُمَّ أَقَامٌ Now, so then, if the person wipes over the socks whilst they are travelling, and then they become, then they become a resident. Or, the opposite as well, they are a resident, they become a traveller. And so, here is mentioned that if the person wipes over the socks there and they're a resident, or wipes over the socks rather and they're a traveller, so they're travelling, but they're travelling maybe back to their residence. Once they reach back to their residence, then they wipe over the socks. They can only wipe over the socks for the period of how long? A day and a night. Either mess of the of the muqim. And here as well, uh, the opposite is true. Now, the opposite is true. Our opposite is also mentioned, and this is the call of the Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah. I the opinion of Imam Ahmed, where he mentioned, if the person is also muqim, so he is a resident, and then becomes a traveller, but he began wiping as a resident, then in this scenario, he is he can still is still only permitted to wipe for a day and a night. Now, is the distinction clear? So one of them, he was a traveller, then becomes a resident. Now, generally speaking, this is Amr Yasir as, as an easy one. Now, he was a traveller, then he becomes a resident. So he's a resident, essentially. So he's only permitted to wipe for a day and a night. However, the second individual, he was, uh, he was a resident and became a traveller. But he's also only permitted to, to, to wipe for a day and a night. Why? 
Why is it the same thing? The near, no, the near. I mentioned it before, but I slipped it in. The question clear? No. <laughs> Jay. And for him, the question is clear. So then, as they say, Nisful Jawab Fahmu Su'ad. Nisful Jawab Fahmu Su'ad. Yeah, half of the answer is answering, understanding the question. So the question is clear, alhamdulillah. So we said the person, the first person is right, that's clear. The second person, he was a resident and he became a traveler. But as we mentioned, he white first when? As a resident. He first did the the first time he white was as a resident. So irrespective of him now becoming a traveller, as mentioned by Imam Ahmed. In this regard, he takes the ruler in terms of the wiping as the resident still. Now, this is what is mentioned in, in, in that regard. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Now, thereafter, Ibn Qudayah mentions what you Jews and Mesr al Imama Ida Kanat that Du'aba. Yani, Sa'atul Atanj Lijimi'a Rats. And so, Likewise, as well, he mentions it's permissible to wipe over the imama. Now, to wipe over the, what is regarded the turban. As long as that turban has something or, or, or what it can be referred to as a tail, yani an ending to it. Now, so there has to be an ending to the turban. Then it's permissible. Uh, on the condition that it, that it is, Something that covers over the whole head. So it has to cover the whole head. The first thing, as we mentioned, is uh, the turban. I, the, the, the visibility of wiping over the turban. The proof for that is the hadith of Maghira, in which he said, Tawada Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The hadith of Ghumghira, he mentions that the, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, performed the wudu and then he wiped over the khufain, so he wiped over the socks, and then he wiped over the imama, right over the turban. And this is hadith of Sahih, which is found in Sahih Muslim. I'll call it Sahih Muslim. And likewise as well, what is conditional for this turban is that the turban has an ending to it, as was mentioned, a tail ending to it. What is the reason for this condition? No. What is the reason for the condition? It's not regarded. It's not regarded as being a turban. Now it could still be regarded as being an imama. It could still be regarded as being an imama, a turban. But it's something specific as to why it has to have that ending. <coughs> not like that either. Not that it's not for the difficulty of putting it on. Well, 
Que me sujo? Okay, wrapped. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not necessarily that either. It's not nearly because of the like socks have the one of them condition to the ankle, and the who's gonna do massage on her head get condition to the. Oh. Yeah, maybe. No. No. Uh, the ankle. I understand the the, the reason. So. Oh. Now the, the socks to the ankle. No. But the reason why the socks are to the ankle is because of. Uh, now that you wash the, the feet up to the ankle, but I understand now. Uh, no. To do with the thing, you make things you should do it to your neck. So if you have normally if you just cover your head, then no. you're covering your, your neck area. Uh, and it's similar to what you mentioned, no, it's not, no, not it's, that's it's a, good, it's a good reason to be fair. The reason why, essentially, is that it is due to the fact that the turban that was worn, that has been worn without the tail, is something which was known to be from the uh, the people that oppose Islam. No, the people that oppose Islam. And the Kufarian, essentially. And so no doubt we are commanded to oppose them. Now we're commanded to oppose them. Like the Jewish, they wear small tiny hats, like to oppose it, like they uh, no, this is something different. Because they, they wear, they may wear big hats, but the general, the turban as well. It's something that was known from the people that, are, that oppose Islam, and so this is uh, this is this is an, a masala of opposing Ahlul uh, Batil, opposing the people of Batil. And so this is why it's conditional to have this. Likewise, as well, from the condition is that the person wears it. I wears the turban upon the state of Tahara. From his conditions is that the person wears it upon the state of a Tahara. Person wears it upon the upon the state of a tahara. So it's the same affair in relation to the uh, the khufain. That from the conditions of the khufain or the condition of the socks is that in order for it to be accepted that the person wore those socks whilst they're in a the state of <coughs> tahara, yeah, impurity. Uh, now, and the proof for that is the hadith of Mughira and it's the same hadith which is used for uh, understanding that the person is in the state or the person has to wear the socks in the state of purity and it's a statement of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he mentioned in relation to the socks دَعْهُمَا فَإِنِّي أَدْخَلْتُهُمَا طَاهِرَتِينَ فَمَسَحَ عَلَيْهِمَا so he mentions, leave them, I leave the socks. I, where he, he went to remove them on behalf of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. He mentions, leave them, I leave the socks. For indeed I wore them upon a state of purity. 
So we understand that any form of wiping must be done on a state of purity. So the ruling for the imama is used and is, is, is taken from the ruling upon the socks. Likewise, he had a mission where you Jews and mesu ala al jawira. And this is also the mention is permissible to wipe over some form of bandaging. And permissible to wipe over the bandaging. Now, now to wipe over the bandaging, the, the bandaging, as is as is mentioned. However, uh, the discussion around this is based upon a hadith which is found in the Sunan of Ibn Majah, and this this uh, narration is regarded as being any da'if. The narration itself is regarded as being da'if. This narration found in the Sunan of Ibn Majah. And that's likewise the Sunan of uh, Abu Dawood. Where it's mentioned that there, there was the, the wiping over the bandage upon the head. And that it's permissible to uh, perform the tayamma and then wipe over that bandaging. Allah knows best. What we understand from this is that in this scenario, in reality, that tayamma should be done in place of that and not the wiping over the bandage. Allah And thereafter as well, you have the mentioning Wal Rajal Wal Mar'a So the man and the woman in relation to that particular ruling are the same. Meaning what? Ah. Is that what it means when saying that ruling? <laughs> and the socks slipped in the bit of the and the socks. <laughs> now, so are we saying that the, the the when it says the men and women are the same, we say the men and women are the same with the socks or the imam. Both. Now, so so the first thing is the discussion is when it comes to the socks. Of course, the men and the women are the same. So the khitab and the, and the address is for men and women. It's permissible for the men to wipe over the socks for a period of two days. Is this kadalik? Better. Now? So it's permissible for the men and the women to both wipe over the socks for two days. Now? One day and one night. 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 Now, one day, one night. If they are residents, and then uh, in for, in terms of the musafir, three days, three, days, three nights. This is for, in relation to the the ruling of uh, the men and uh, the women. The same. As for the imama, then of course, as we mentioned, it's permissible for the man. Now, but it's not permissible for the woman. It's not permissible for the woman. Why? And they don't think too hard. Because a woman should already she have to cover herself anyway. 
she not allowed to go outside. She has to cover herself anyway. Mm. No. Now, so it's not permissible for the woman because the imam is not permissible for women to wear. It's from the libas of the rijal. Now, so the socks, of course, we can say that the socks are for the men and the women to wear. Women, women, women can wear socks. So this is why the ruling is for both men and women. As for the imama, then the imama is for the men only because it's from the libas of the rijal. It's specific for the, the clothing of the men. Naam. Make sense? Jail. However, after that then is that the, the question arises, is it permissible for the woman to wipe over the khimar? Or what we refer to generally now as hijab. Naam. Can she wipe, wipe over the khimar? And Sheikh Mubaz, he mentions the following. لَيْسَ لَهَا ذَلِكَ I said she's not able to do so. بَلْ عَلَيْهَا أَنْ تَمْسَحَ الرَّأْسِ نَفْسُهُ كَمَا عَنَّ الرَّجْلِ يَمْسَحَ رَأْسُهُ أَيْذَا And so, he mentions, he mentions here that she doesn't have the ability to do so. No, she doesn't have the ability to wipe over the hijab. Uh, rather, what is upon her is to wipe over the head itself directly, as is upon the man to wipe over the head. لكن إذا كان الخمار قد حنكت به رأسها وشك عليها نزعه مسحت عليه يوم وليلة إذا كانت لبزتهو على تهارتي. So, Chicken Bags goes on to mention further though that if she ends up wearing this khimar and it is a, a difficulty for her to remove it. So it's, it's, it's wrapped in a particular way where there's difficulty for her to remove it. Then she has the ability to wipe over it. Right, so due to the mashakka, due to the hardship upon her in terms of removing it and wiping over the head, then she has the ability and she's able to wipe over it for the period of one day and one night with the condition that she did what? She put it on while she was in a state of purity. Naam. She put it on whilst in a state of purity. And that, alhamdulillah, is from the kalam from the speech of a sheikh uh, Ibn Baz, there's uh, some of our Mashaikh mentioned from them, Sheikh Obeid, Sheikh Ibn Baz is the Sheikh of Islam of our time. Sheikh Ibn Baz, Sheikh Abdulaziz Ibn Baz, the Sheikh of Islam of our time. Thereafter, we have the next uh, section, which is the Bab Nawakil Wudu. To the chapter in relation to the nullifiers of the wudu. What nullifies your wudu? And we've mentioned some of these, we just had a discussion around some of these in relation to the nullifiers of wudu when we were going through the Shruta Salah. What's nullifiers? Things that break your wudu. Oh, yeah. no, things that break your wudu. And Ibn Qudam, he mentions, well, he has seven. That there are seven. 
He says, الخارج من السبيلين على كل حال وخارج النجس من غيرهما إذا فحش. And so the first we mentioned is anything that leaves the civilian. So leaves from the private parts or the back passage. Anything that exits from this in any regard is regarded as something that breaks the wudu. And so This this goes back to two affairs. There are two things. The first thing is a hadith, like something which is a nullifier and an impurity, and something where ma'fi hukmul hadith. So you have the impurity, and it's something that is in that takes the same ruling as the impurity. So. No doubt, any form of impurity that leaves from the front or back passage, then this is something that we understand is an impurity and, and, and nullifies the wudu. As well as anything that is an impurity or anything that takes that same ruling as well. Now, in relation to uh, that affair, then we understand as well that anything that, that is uh, no, anything that, that leaves the front of that question in regards is as something that breaks the wudu and the exception to that is al-mani and his semen no, the exception to that is semen why? does that break the wudu? Why? What's the, why is it an exception? Semen. It's impure. It's impure. But then, why? What's the difference between, for example, urine and semen? Urine is semen, isn't it? But then, we're talking about something that uh, breaks the wall. Ruling what you do, you think you might be right, but maybe you're wrong. See, now this is the clear difference. So generally speaking, I now you Generally speaking, anything that leaves from the body parts, the the or leaves from the sebilen, the front or back passage, necessitates that the person makes wudu. So it null, so it nullifies the minor, or it causes minor impurity, except for many. Except for semen, because this causes major impurity. Now, this is the clear difference, the distinction between the two. And so, as for the one that is mustaqid, as for the one that is awake, and he is aware of yeah, the semen exiting, and this is something which occurs usually with desire, then it's an obligation upon the person to. to uh, purify themselves with ghusl. It's upon the person to make ghusl. As for the na'im, as for the one that is sleeping, then 
It's upon the individual to make the ghusl if he just by seeing the uh, the many or the remnants of them. So anything from the semen or the that was left over from the semen, then it's upon that individual to perform the ghusl. So the reasons for it, so there's a two types of person that will have to make ghusl. Like in terms of the, the semen. The one that's sleeping, the one that's awake. The one that's awake, say the one that's awake first, is if he's aware of it, now, and he becomes, generally becomes aware of it by way of desire. And so then upon that individual is to perform the, uh, the ghusl. The second one, of course, he does not, he doesn't sense if any form of desire, he's sleeping, now. So it's upon the individual to perform the ghusl if he sees the many. If he sees the semen. Wallahu a'lam. Now, thereafter, it mentions, it mentions na'am, that which exits the body from other than the front or back passage. Na'am, the nejis, so the, 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 that which is impure, the, the excess that comes out of the body, rather than the front or back passage, and it's in large amounts. Now, so it's a voluminous amount, which causes a, a degree of repulsion or disgust. And so, this is the second thing that's mentioned. And this condition here, this Najasat, then the Najasat, these, these forms of impurities, you may be referring to uh, excrement or urine. So, for example, excrement or urine, if this exits from another form of another part of the body, then this may or this does break the water. Now this is clear. This is the first thing. So something that's like the excrement or the urine and this breaks the wall. Is this something which is possible? Of course. There's some people, for example, they may uh, they may have had operations and they have what is uh, referred to as a stoma bag where the, um, the, the, the waste doesn't actually leave from the front or back passage anymore. But it, it leaves directly from the colon to a bag. Now, and so it's exited the body, it's left the body, but not by way of these two body parts. So upon that understanding, and upon that ruling, is that the person will have to make wudu. Now, again, that's the first type. So the first type is from, is a, or the impurities, which is from example, the the excrement or the urine. The second type is impurity such as blood, vomit or pus. Blood, vomit or pus. And as for the hukum, as for the ruling of that, then in reality the the blood the blood that may exit the body, then this does not break the wudu. And the proof for that, and Allah Ta'ala knows best, 
is the narration that mentions the or narration where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam commanded the woman the most, uh, that was uh, the istihada, the, the irregular bleeding, commanded her to perform the, the wudu for each salah. That is narration. Why is that a proof? The question clear. No. She was still bleeding? She could be bleeding even in a state of salah or tawah. So in that case she make the wudu as being a regular salah. Like with the like with Ali Rajon and just in a similar condition. No. I made her as she commanded to make wudu at the beginning of each salah. Now and we understand from this is that uh, now as for the as for the the blood, it's declared about blood. Then it did not. It wasn't a blood itself that uh, nullified the wudu. It was a case of. The fact that the washing had to be done to remove the blood, and due to that washing, the wudu had to be done. And this is the this is the reason, and not that it was something where the because no doubt if it was the bleeding of the head of the menses, then it would necessitate ghusl afterwards. But this isn't the case. Now thereafter, <coughs> you have the example of the the qayh. And uh, yeah, the example of vomit and the pus. And Sheikh Mashaikh Obeid, he mentions that he does not know of any particular or specific proof that mentions this particular affair <coughs> or these particular substances which break the wudu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Now, thereafter, it mentioned from the nullifiers of the wudu is the zawal al-aql. Zawal al-aql. Illa al-nawman yaseer jalisan or qa'ima. So, thereafter, you have the mentioning as well of the things that break the wudu <coughs> is the removal of, of the person's intellect. Right, so the person loses the faculties. And this is except for or so the person loses awareness except for يعني, a light sleep whilst the person is sitting or standing. The person is a light sleep except and they are sitting or standing. So as for the Zawal al-Aqal as for the person that is loses the senses, then this is something which is encompasses different affairs. Now I mentioned different affairs. So the losing of the intellect can occur in different ways. From these ways is that the person becomes intoxicated. 
so that they, they drink alcohol, for example, and they become intoxicated. The second, or another way, is what has been alluded to here, is that the person goes to sleep. That the person goes to sleep. And the third, another way, and the third, is that the person becomes or enters a state of insanity. You know what I'm saying? And what is meant here, and Allah knows best, from this affair, where he mentions the light sleep, then he's mentioning, mentioning it as an, as an exception to the one that is sleeping lying down. Because as someone had mentioned, that the one that sleeps whilst lying down, then this is the individual that is in a sleep. I regardless of whether it's, it can be uh, referred to as a deep sleep or not. While sleeping lying down, and this is regarded as being in a state of sleep. And so thus, this is where the person, they uh, they they break the wall. Now they break the wall. However, if a person, so there's as if a person is sitting, while sleeping, then this cannot be regarded as being a deep sleep. In reality, when we refer to a sleep which is a deep sleep, then the position of the person or where the person is found or how they are sleeping is not uh, of the most importance and upper, upper most importance. What is the most important is if it is a deep sleep or not. So, for example, if the person is sleeping and they are called someone calls them someone calls them whilst they're sleeping but doesn't raise a voice and they wake up immediately this is an indication that they weren't in the deep sleep now because the one that is in the deep sleep and the reason why is that the, the, it's uh the distinction made in terms of sleep with it being a deep sleep is because the person is no longer aware of their faculties. And so that's the person, they break the wudu. And this is how we understand this affair. So this is the example that was given by Sheikh and Sheikh Obeid. They mentioned if the person was to be called in a normal voice, you call them in a normal voice, not raise the voice. Some of the deep sleep, if you shout at them, then everyone's going to wake up. But if you call them in a normal voice, normal, normal volume, and they tend to wake up, then this is, we understand this is to be, this is what is uh, a light sleep. And so thus, this particular form of sleep doesn't break the door door. And Allah Ta'ala will bless. And we'll conclude here, inshallah Ta'ala. And in the next lesson, go on to discuss some of the other affairs which may break the door. الله تعالى أعلم جزاك الله خيرا وبارك الله فيكم وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم